0: Howdy howdy. This is Gabe Garber and I don't know. Um yeah, very quickly, uh an introduction. This is an idea um for a mechanism that might help me think out loud. And find a place to document it that I hope will help me expand my my set of knowledge. And I guess through that, hopefully, this will be an opportunity to set an example of of flexible thinking. Uh, or, or inhabiting a flexible mindset. And it might showcase, you know, some of the benefits of that. Some of the pitfalls. Um, but I think we're living in a time where it's... More and more difficult to claim ignorance um, on any subject and and that need to stake a claim. Um, I think I think it, it it rushes a lot of people into um, eliminating doubt from their worldview. And yeah, I, I, I worry about that. And about the long-term effects that a ground level and up um, spread of of this type of of worldview or or I guess framing of your your human skills, um, I see that as a a concerning facet of of moving forward into the future at at the pace we're at now. Um, so yeah, I, I found I guess a little bit of value in the idea of exploring this and being transparent about exploring this. Um, because I think, yeah, it's it's just a pattern I hope to avoid moving forward. Um, and I guess, yeah, all of that's just to say doubt is one of the fundamental things um, about our existence. There's always more... That is unknown Than what is known Or at least that's a fundamental principle For how I live my life um, And I sometimes struggle Because I, I don't have I, I graduated from, from undergrad With a philosophy degree And Spanish degree Some psychology as well But I don't think I don't think I engaged with with that whole experience in a way that truly leveled myself up. So I don't know that I am in the areas that might best reinforce the observations that I make, um, if that makes any sense. I, I don't know. I feel a little bit like I'm swimming in the dark in terms of taking the expert route to mapping on ideas and observations onto clinical research and data um, in that way. So that's that's one of the large realms where I have to be honest and upfront that I really have no idea. Um, a lot of the ideas that, that come to me and concepts that I explore may well have already been explored, may well have tons of documentation um, And I have spent a long time in my life holding back, sharing these thoughts and ideas for those very reasons. Um, So I guess, yeah, full disclosure up front, there's plenty that I don't know. I'm I'm giving you that much from the beginning. Um, There will very rarely be a time where I don't fall back on that fundamental unknown that I feel. So with that said up front, I, I, I... intend to stumble, I intend to make mistakes, I intend to not be perfect and up till now that has been a sufficient barrier to sharing that um, for me. So it's not to say that it will no longer be a barrier, I'm sure you know there are various aspects to any kind of boundary and this taking the first step at something I don't know what it is. This first step might might cross one of those barriers, but there are many other many other dimensions of that that I'm sure I will be working through in the process here. Yeah, I also come from a creative background. I'm a musician, music producer. That's probably the area that I have the most time and effort put into. Um, And yeah, I'm just about two weeks out from wrapping a year long project that was musical, um, I was making a programmed drum beat every day, essentially, for, for a year. Um, and kind of ritualizing it or structuralizing it, building it into my routine, has forced me into creating that habit of developing a practice and recognizing it as a practice through being able to, you know, construct a beat on a day that I really don't want to, um, teaches you a lot about the flexibility of the goal that you have in mind. Um, and really, I think for myself, I found a ton of value in, in going through those motions and and maintaining the practice especially when I didn't want to Um, and recognizing that the direct mission of that day to accomplish that beat there's there's a bunch of flexibility in terms of what I can what I can move around if I have less time I can make it something simpler and and because I'm on a deadline I put it out and where normally I have a tendency to hold on to it and in the event that a better version of it might uh, make it make itself apparent to me, um, so there's something about the preciousness of it that the daily practice seemed to eliminate for me, or at least uh, equip me with with a motivation to to look for other ways of solving the problem or accomplishing the goal. Not to say it's a problem, but like I said, I've, I'm about two weeks away from. Wrapping that, and I've I've just been gearing up for how to maintain that daily activity, um, with maybe some different parameters imposed on it. Um, so I think this might serve as a little bit of an introduction to what that might entail. So we'll see, um, I thinking a daily practice of some sort with, with lower thresholds or lower, uh, a lower bar for completion is, is something I'm exploring like a, a daily inspirational share, something, something small enough or big enough as, as whatever comes to me that day. Um, but just with the intention of taking a small amount of time each day to, Kind of curate or share with whatever, or maybe it's more of a documentation for myself to share for myself down the road. One thing that engaged me, um, or pulled me in, or excited me, or you know, arose some curiosity. Whether that's, I don't know, hot takes or listening to a new song, discovering something new, a small burst of creativity, sketching, you know, ideas, a small little phrase or something, um, but I think setting that lower bar as opposed to giving in to the, this, this desire for an ever more evasive, um, perfectionist idea of what I'm working on or working towards, simplifying the goal or lowering the bar um, up front feels like I'm betraying something for myself. But in putting this in practice this past year, I realized that some of those things that I put together, some of the beats I made on days where I wasn't feeling, you know, a particular way that that I felt compelled to shift the goalpost for myself or or maybe hand in something that I wasn't one, I, I didn't trust or I wasn't confident in. And given given a day or two of space once once it's posted and out, I, I let go of it and move on and I surprised myself with how many of those um, with a little bit of space, a day or two or you know sometimes months looking back and and seeing ones that that stand out to me that there's a memory attached to it that oh, that one actually. I didn't want to share because I didn't think it was good enough at the time. And I had to make this conscious effort to do it anyway and let go of it. And I I surprised myself in terms of the the breadth of, of creativity that that allows as opposed to finding taking some amount of comfort and joy and, and, and appeasing the ego that comes with the process of this isn't good enough. This is, this can be better to what ends. I don't know. Um, or to what that's being compared to. I, I don't know. Um, or ego in the sense of, I don't want anyone else to see this. Like even in just that pure form without any value added, I think it caused me to hold on to a lot more things and, and, this lesson I've learned through the BK Walla Beats project was that the quality of a piece doesn't seem to suffer as much as I imagined based on where I drew the line of distinction in terms of like wanting to edit it out or make it better or improve it. And it's a hard truth to kind of face because it's, it's not something you can grab onto, but it seems to kind of represent a, a recognition that, you know, even though it might not feel like it, the time and energy that I've spent thus far in my life working on the projects that I have all compound into a process, like a complex process that seems to, to output quality work by sheer virtue of running the process. Um, and that's not to, that's definitely not to take an overly, um, confident viewpoint towards it because I think I can't afford to lean into that thought too heavily. Um, there is something about that doubt that pushes me to improve and to keep exploring. And that's one aspect where the doubt is, is incredible and, and supportive, I guess, in a way that that seems counterintuitive. But as with most things, leaning too much on that doubt gets you out of whack in another way. And, and in my case, there's, yeah, just thinking of, of how many old ideas are still, you know, collecting metaphorical dust on my hard drive space. Because at the time, I didn't think it was good enough. And in a lot of cases, when I revisit that, having kept on living and collecting the experiences and the perspective that I have over that time, revisiting these old ideas, I'm no longer attached to the belief that something was missing or it wasn't good enough. I'm able to recognize the quality that was always there that yeah I that I had a blind spot towards at in the in the present and maybe maybe that's something that will always always be in the way um I wonder if if there's not something to that that is that is inherent to our nature um but I think having having gained those perspectives, it also kind of helped integrate the value of doubt into my my thinking and my thought process. And so it's, it's a much more integral and central part of my, you know, thesis, so to speak. Uh, and I don't know, I, I guess it really, really kicked in. This was maybe a few summers ago, I was spending time with some friends and one of them reluctantly uh asked if she could ask me a question so at at, and yeah and she was very self-aware of of her trepidation for bringing it up um I think she thought it might be an embarrassing thing to me um and it's understandable why she might have thought that but she asked she said I notice a lot of times when you insert a filler in conversation. Um, so yeah, ums, ers, those kind of things. To fill space, more often than, than not, your filler is, I don't know. Do you, like, are you aware of that? And if so, is it intentional? Actually, I, I don't know that she asked all of those questions, Whitney. You can uh, let me know if you remember it anymore specifically, but I don't think she was too pressing with it. And it didn't surprise me. I I think I was aware of it to some extent. Um, I don't think it was something that I was intentional about. I definitely don't think it was intentional, at least at that point. But the takeaway I got from it was that it was an opportunity. Her question was an opportunity for me to reflect On a pattern in my own behavior that I was either unaware of or was unaware that the pattern was recognized outside of my own brain. Uh, So it was like reinforced by the outside world, so to speak. Um, Until that point, I didn't really ever think of it in terms of justifying it, but that was kind of the mindset that I adopted was, oh, interesting I noticed that pattern as well I'm now forced with the the reality that you know this thing that I thought might have been my own habit of of self-doubt was noticeable Um, and I think maybe I came at that point from a place of wanting to try to find a way to to integrate that into the patterns and behaviors and all of that, um, and so it just kind of dawned on me that maybe that was kind of this mantra that I had been absent-mindedly um, telling myself. But I think at this point, it's more. I think the absent-mindedness of it is where the mystery comes in. But it's it's a curious mystery because, in effect, this this mindless pattern of, of sound waves that I was, you know, repeating to myself, um, even though I might be absent-minded about producing those sounds and to a certain extent absent-minded about hearing them, um, cognizing them, whatever the case may be, that idea was still being processed and absorbed and kind of, yeah, going through this cycle under the hood of, I was hearing it. It was, it was passing through my, my, my oral senses. I was creating the word. So there was, you know, some, some touch involved in, in connecting with the thought and firing whatever combination of neurons required to, uh, utter the phrase. And so it just, even though the mind was absent, the senses were not. And so after after exploring and and thinking about it for a long time, it kind of dawned on me when Whitney asked me this question that this is just something maybe that I'm being reminded of. I'm not mindfully pulling those levers to remind myself of the underlying... Doubt present in any given moment in time, um, but yeah, even though the even though the mind may have been absent in the creation of that, um, I don't think it undermines the value in recognizing that. And so, I think from that point on, it became a much more central point to. My worldview and how how I thought about things, and and in a similar way, of kind of the existential philosophy of just you know contemplating death, um, death is the ultimate unknown, and so there's there's some overlap here. Um, it's not difficult to to connect those points. So yeah, I think from from that conversation few years ago um, it it really kind of put forth a little bit more of a deliberate intention towards incorporating doubt into my life and my lifestyle and that came through in you know decisions that I ultimately made that moved away from secure familiar, habits and patterns and structures that I had created for myself, set up for myself, um, signed up for. This kind of gave me an option to finally lean into the doubt and the fear that comes from the doubt and say, well, if I choose to look at it and I choose to explore it, and I choose no longer to fear that, but to understand that this doubt is ever-present, it is always going to win out, Um, then I can start to accept it. And once I start to accept it, then that's where I can start to learn from it. Um, And so it, it, yeah, I think it just, it inspired me. It motivated me to take on more challenges, take on, um, I, yeah, facing fears, so to speak, in a lot of ways, not not always directly, but some sometimes yeah. Um I'm sure yeah, we'll have the opportunity to get into a lot of these things more um over the course of whatever this is. Um but yeah, I you know, kind of started living much more intentionally and much more rooted in the underlying belief that there's always more Unknown than known, and trying to trying to take a direct line towards diminishing the shame that I felt about not knowing. Um, and I don't know. I guess that that kind of brings me back to some of the ideas and thoughts that have been circulating in my head recently, um, relating to. To this not knowing and and where we are culturally and socially at the moment, um, this is Thursday, January fourteenth when I'm recording this um we're a week and a day um, after the capital was stormed by a bunch of far right um rioters um, I, I yeah i guess I, don't, I that i I can't claim to know what the right word is. I don't know who they were. I don't know enough about any of it other than the despair I felt upon hearing the news. Um, And that despair came from, in part, the actions themselves um, and, in part, from the context in which it happened um, and how we seem to just be in a constant back and forth of one-upsmanship in the worst dimensions, um, of, uh, yeah, just very strong narratives on both sides. And I, th- I don't know, I guess without, without stating anything specific, the, the point that I'm taking from this is I'm recognizing the, the level of certainty of the people making the claims whatever they are whoever it is whatever the argument is the level of certainty is what i think alarms me the most um and i worry about this denial of the unknown at the group level at the individual level what what are those implications down the road that that's what what concerns me i feel like that's what leads to a storming of the capital, It's not, there's no one thing. It's a, a, an extremely complex series of events that push and pull and tug and, and factor into this. And it's comforting to commit to a belief in, in a confident understanding of what's happening. There's, there's security to be felt um in in espousing a worldview or or holding holding a perspective that connects and maps on to a community of other people who who believe things similarly to you there's comfort there it it it's understandable how that happens but at this point we have too much awareness of, of how that can run totally out of control. And I think it's, it's a danger that, that we're facing now because it doesn't matter what the event is. There's very quickly a, a chunk of, very quickly there's, there's one style of, of story claiming to represent, the event and there's another chunk claiming to represent the event. In reality there's there's myriad numbers of of people making claims about understanding any any one event, but the point is these should all be additive if we if we if the goal is truly to uncover what happened and and all be a part of that conversation, then then the idea should be to superimpose all of these perspectives into a complete picture, or as complete of a picture as we can, that somehow has seemed to manage to split into two versions of that. And the degree to which I see doubt, denialism, playing into that is tremendous because um, I feel like, again, this is coming from just noticing the level of certainty um, from any one person um, or, or the institutions as a whole of, of crafting this narrative, um, whatever it may be. There's a level of certainty that I don't think is attainable with the structures that we have. And in order to, to combat that or to, to, yeah, to really, truly put something worthy up against it, we would have to adopt some humility. And, and I feel like the, the more I, as an individual, address the doubt that I have lingering under the surface at any given point in time and come to terms with that and accept that it makes it almost impossible not to see not to recognize when other people do the same they're willing to put put their lack of knowledge before anything else or or acknowledge that that the doubt is is always 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 up next it's it's always going to be knocking Um, there, there's a humility there that I think is being lost with, with the, the intuitive need and the, the compulsion to comfort ourselves with a message that agrees with, with our, our current worldview, whatever that may be. The extent to which we, we, you know, make a choice to consume one thing or another, um, something that that affirms what we believe or something that challenges it that you know something that is familiar and therefore comfortable um or something that might bring up fear um a fear over confronting that doubt that that doubt that is always there that that will never go away well it will maybe one day um Yeah, I don't know. I guess I I feel like I'm a little bit um, unraveling here. So this might be a good time to wrap it up. But um, if you've made it this far, thank you. Um, I'm Gabe Garber. I don't know a lot. I don't claim to know a lot. Um, I think life is better that way (laughs) and it's more beautiful. So hopefully. Hopefully this will be an avenue that you know, I don't expect this to be daily, but but a lot of these reflections will will come through in any sort of daily sharing um, reflection that I they may do. but um, hoping to incorporate something like this as a podcast or video stream, whatever format that might take, hoping to do that with some regularity, hoping to, talk to interesting people. Um, and yeah, I, I, I would imagine that I may run the risk of, of bringing on people who affirm where, where I am, but I don't see that being the case. I, um, I think the, the diversity of the group of people who, who acknowledge and embrace the, the ever-presence of, of this doubt this this incessance of of the unknown the people who truly recognize that there's there's a diversity um there's there's a diversity within that group that that i think will be on tap and i hope i'm able to do that um because i think it'd be very interesting um and a lot of fun so hoping to do that hoping for a lot of things we'll see um yeah can't think of anything else. I will probably be posting this in the next few days, one place or another. But yeah, so keep your eyes peeled, especially as BK Walla Beats wraps up its year-long uh, year-long process. Yeah, stay tuned on, on social media. I don't know what this will be. Stay tuned. So consider this just a, a, a very rough intro. Until further notice, Be well, thanks.